Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience-sharing article from Celebrating World Falun Dafa Day, entitled Falun Dafa Helped Me Reconcile with My Mother-in-Law by a Falun Dafa Practitioner in China. The article was published on the Mingwei website on June 1st, 2023. When I was 34, I began practicing Falun Dafa in 2002. Before that, I had a few mental breakdowns and did not think I would make it. Practicing Falun Dafa had a great positive impact on me. It was like I was reborn. After 21 years of practice, I am healthy both mentally and physically, and I cannot thank Falun Dafa enough. I'd like to tell you my story. Part 1. Life was not worth living. My husband and I married without his parents' blessing. They did not like the way I looked and blamed me for preventing their son from working in the big city. My mother-in-law kept finding fault with me. At first, I tried not to argue with her because I wanted to save face. After I got pregnant, she made me eat smelly pickled eggs, which I never ate before. When I told her that I craved watermelon, she went shopping and came back empty-handed, saying, Watermelon is too expensive. We can't afford it. Let's eat potatoes. It's much cheaper. I cried many times over things like this. After I gave birth to two children, my mother-in-law still resented me and even told me, I can still find many women who want to marry my son. This deeply hurt me, and from then on, I fought with her over the most trivial matters. All I could think of every day was how to win the fight with her. My husband always sided with his mother. He also began to find fault with me and argued with me. I felt wronged and regretted marrying into his family. For the next six years, I either fought with my in-laws or my husband. My husband once beat me and twisted my shoulder, and it hurt for years. My anger resulted in my having chest pain, stomach ache, bloody stool, headaches, nerve pain, and nervous exhaustion. I cried every day. The more I behaved this way, the worse my in-laws treated me. I thought that my life was nearly over. I felt like I was about to collapse mentally and physically. Part 2. The Best Decision of My Life One time, I got really sick and needed to be hospitalized. The day before my husband took me to the hospital, he had dinner at a friend's. He complained to his friend that I often got sick and he had to take me to the hospital again. His friend told him, My wife practices Falun Dafa, which is a wonderful thing. You can suggest to your wife to try it. The practice is free and quite effective in resolving illnesses and improving one's outlook on life. 
Because it's being persecuted, people don't openly promote the practice, yet it has great benefits. His friend's wife, who was always cheerful, kind, and good-natured, took out a photo of Falandafa's master. As soon as he saw it, my husband said that Master Lee looked like a righteous person. That night he came home and told me positive stories of Falandafa practitioners and suggested that I take up the practice. At the time, I held negative views of Falandafa because I believed the CCP's propaganda. I was against the practice and did not want to try. My husband, who was drowning in my hospital bills, did his best to persuade me and said there was nothing to lose. I changed my mind, knowing that the doctors may never be able to cure my illnesses, and I was fed up with constantly being in pain. The next morning, I went to a doctor in the neighboring village who was a Falandafa practitioner. He said that I walked like an 80-year-old, and he could see how much pain I was in. After he told me about Falandafa's amazing power, I decided to practice. It was the best decision of my life. Part 3. Becoming a Good Person After I borrowed a copy of Juan Falun, I read it three times in ten days. The teachings shook me to my core and changed my life views and values. From the time I was a child, I was taught to play mind games so that I would not be taken advantage of or suffer. There was nothing I would not do to make my life better. Master teaches us in John Falun that we must become a good person and a better person by following the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. He wants us to look for our own attachments and improve our character. Everyone said that Falun Dafa made me a completely different person after they saw the changes in me. Two weeks after I began practicing, it was time to harvest peanuts and corn. I helped my husband harvest nearly one acre of peanuts manually, which required bending over and pulling all the time. It was a miracle. My back did not hurt at all, and I was able to tie the loose ends at night while my husband put the children to bed. I did not feel tired or complain. In the past, I could barely work in the fields because of my illnesses. I could not even pull the weeds or bend over and wash my hair without having to stretch my back a few times in between. I never imagined bending down all day to harvest peanuts. The time to harvest the corn came soon after. I snapped off all the corn ears on an acre field, and my husband chopped off the corn stalks behind me. I then helped him with the chopping after I was done. The work that worried me the most used to be bundling corn stalks, as it required repeatedly bending over, squatting down, and getting up. I finished bundling all the corn stalks on my own and did not feel any pain. I felt endless energy, and it was such a wonderful feeling. I thanked Master for taking away all my illnesses within two weeks of practice. Nothing could describe my joy with all my illnesses gone. 
I was determined to become a steadfast practitioner and follow Master's teachings. Part 4. Patching Things Up with My Sister-in-Law Because of my bad relationship with my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law did not talk to me for four years. After I began practicing, I knew I should be friendly and kind to others. I decided to make up with her. One day, I mustered up the courage and visited her. As soon as I walked into her house and greeted her, she looked away and said nothing. I had to leave. I cried and felt embarrassed, but I remembered Master's words and told myself not to give up. One day before the new year, I was shopping for new bowls on the street and saw my sister-in-law. I smiled and greeted her. You want to buy new bowls as well? She said yes. She stood in front of the bowls I chose, and I told her that she should take them because they were good ones. She replied, There are plenty. I'll look some more. I was so happy because she finally talked to me. One time, my sister-in-law and I worked together to help make new comforters for a newlywed. The work required cooperation. In the end, we were on good terms. I thanked Master for arranging this opportunity for me. Part 5. Turning the Situation Around with My Mother-in-Law As for my mother-in-law, at one point, the only feeling I had towards her was anger and hatred. I thought it through and decided I would never take care of her or help bury her after she passed away. I never called her mom once. The practitioners who knew my situation reminded me about following the principles of the teachings and treating her kindly. I thought I'd start by calling her mother. We had been fighting for six years after I married her son, and it was quite difficult for me to call her mother. I learned from the teachings that our unhealthy relationship was a result of a negative relationship in a past lifetime, and as a practitioner, I had to take the initiative to dissolve it with compassion. It took me two weeks to gather the courage and practice addressing her and how to react to her reactions. I needed to have compassion and show her how the practice changed me for the better. I went to her home and said, Mom, respectfully from the bottom of my heart. This caught her off guard, and she seemed embarrassed at first, as she did not know what happened. Gradually, she enjoyed me calling her mom. One year, after we dried the wheat, we purposely left the yard open so we could later use it to dry peanuts. My mother-in-law said that she wanted to plant some beans in our yard. I agreed, but reminded her that I needed the space later for the peanuts. She promised that she would not occupy the space when I needed it. It turned out that her beans weren't quite ripe when I needed the space. It was either I delay the peanut harvest or ruin the beans. I complained in my mind, you have three sons and you won't use their empty yards. I've been nice to you, so you took advantage of me. I quickly changed my mind 
knowing that nothing was a coincidence, and Master used the opportunity to help me improve my character. Luckily, my neighbor did not plant peanuts that year and did not need his yard. As a result, I could use his yard and harvest my peanuts on time. I believed that Master already arranged all of it so my mother-in-law could help me become kind. My mother-in-law felt really sorry about the way she treated me and was impressed with my conduct after I began practicing. She said that she had to thank Master and Falandafa for my changes. I always looked within and measured things up with the principles of Falandafa. We no longer fought like we used to, as I slowly changed for the better. One day, my mother-in-law told me, Falandafa made you a better person, and it helped change me. She sincerely thanked Master and told me, Master saved you and me as well. Otherwise, we'd still be enemies. It was Falandafa's power that stopped me from fighting with my mother-in-law. I promised Master that I would treat my in-laws with kindness and keep my family happy. My father-in-law was hospitalized in the winter of 2018, and my two brothers-in-law helped out in the hospital because my husband was working out of town at the time. I decided to help by having my mother-in-law stay with me. This way, my husband did not have to worry about his mother living alone. She was happy to stay with me. I made her favorite dishes every day and chatted with her so she did not feel lonely. At night, she listened to Master's lectures with me, and she sat next to me and followed along with the movements when I exercised in the morning. She was incontinent, so she was quite worried when she came to stay with me. I comforted her. Don't worry about it. Just make yourself at home. I will help clean up if you have an accident. Each time after she relieved herself, In the bedside commode, I'd take out the basin, wash it, and bring it back in. I did this until she insisted on doing it herself. One night, she had a little too much to eat at dinner and soiled her clothes in the middle of the night. There were fecal stains on the bed, shoes, chair, and floor. She kept blaming herself. I comforted her while I cleaned the room. I then had her stay on the bed until I made her breakfast. She told me, I won't want to go home if you keep spoiling me like this. I told her to stay if she did not want to go home. She asked, What happens when your father-in-law comes home? I told her that he could stay with me as well, and she smiled. She stayed with me for nine days and went home after my father-in-law was discharged from the hospital. I could not have done this had I not practiced Falandafa. My husband saw how I changed because of my faith in Falandafa. He changed as well. Now that he knows the truth about the persecution and saw how Master compassionately resolved our family disagreements and experienced the kindness from other practitioners and witnessed the evilness of the CCP, he often helps me clarify the truth when we meet with family and friends.
The following is an experience sharing article entitled Treasuring Our Opportunity to Cultivate by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on July 13, 2023. I read an article entitled Money Cannot Move a Practitioner's Heart, and it left a deep impression on me. I would like to share my thoughts on this topic. If asked about the value of cultivation, a practitioner would without hesitation say that it cannot be valued with money. Indeed, cultivation is a way to genuinely improve spiritually, and even the sum total of all the wealth in the world cannot compare to the fruit of cultivation. Even the wealthiest person in this world could not purchase the lowest position in the world of the divine. Throughout history, emperors and those in power have wished to become immortal, but none have been able to do it. We also know that worldly wealth has to be exchanged for our virtue. Master has told us in Fa Teaching on World Falun Dafa Day, quote, I'll tell you, the Dafa disciples from the early period, those who formed ties of destiny with me during history, or who came here following Master, each and every one of you, if you had wanted to accomplish something in ordinary society, every one of you could have been a billionaire, every one of you could have been famous, and every one of you could have been among society's elite. But this lifetime you came here to be a Dafa disciple, and you passed up all those things. If you had wanted to be rich, you could have long since been rich. Don't let your soul's long-cherished wish be extinguished over a few petty worldly temptations. Unquote. The rich and powerful today built up virtue in their previous lives. If they had the choice before coming to this world, they probably would have chosen to cultivate themselves. I heard that a famous movie star had traveled around seeking the way and endured a lot of suffering in vain. What a pity. This person might have run into the genuine way without even knowing it. Falun Dafa practitioners can happily say that we are truly well off, but not all of us realize it. For example, I grew up in poverty, and I now have a job with just an average salary. I'm very frugal and always on the lookout for coupons, sales, and discounts. Though I have managed to save some money, doing so cost me a lot of time and energy, which I could have spent on studying the fa and doing the exercises. I ended up wasting too much time and effort and ended up saving very little anyway. I realize now that it was all to satisfy my attachment to personal interest. I was too attached to superficial gains and losses, thinking the money I saved could be useful, but I ended up just wasting it anyway. The amount I saved wasn't worth the time I spent, nor the karma that I accumulated. As we know, one's wealth in this lifetime is predetermined. If you work hard and accumulate more, it only means you'll end up getting less later on. Additionally, the extra money we get could cause others to lose out, and we would have to compensate them with our virtue. Rich people in the past never used up all their money. If their children weren't destined to be rich, they wouldn't be able to keep their inheritance. Quality of life seems to be determined only by wealth, but one's happiness is actually a blessing in itself. That's why some people lead good, happy, and fulfilling lives even without much worldly wealth, while others may be quite rich, but still end up leading lives of suffering and turmoil. We will make as much as we are allotted from our jobs and businesses, and we don't need to rack our brains trying to figure out how to make more money. 
When we spend our time and energy studying the Fa and offering salvation to more people, what we deserve will come naturally. If someone offered a practitioner $10,000 to skip a round of exercises, Fa study, and sending forth righteous thoughts, I believe none of us would take it. However, some practitioners, including myself, can't study the Fa or do the exercises every day, but we'd still be willing to get up a couple of hours earlier to make an extra $10,000. Could we say that we have treasured the opportunity to practice cultivation? Demons must think it's easy to waste our time, because we'd often rather spend time browsing our cell phones, sleeping, or chatting. The earth, and even the solar system, is a speck of dust in the eyes of superior beings. How could we lose our opportunity to return to heaven for petty interests on this speck of dust? Ordinary people can certainly sacrifice a lot for worldly things. However, as cultivators, we must not follow the crowd or forget our mission. Sentient beings are waiting for us to save them. Though we cultivate ourselves and help master with the Fa rectification while living ordinary lives and holding ordinary jobs, we can't be disturbed by fame and fortune. We need to validate the Fa with our graceful bearing while among ordinary people and validate the might of Falun Dafa. Some fellow practitioners are truly impoverished and sustaining a normal way of life has become a problem. I personally think that in these scenarios we have to look within, eliminate our human thoughts, and disintegrate the old forces' financial persecution. Those who have had their precious time and energy wasted due to the persecution should all the more stay alert and negate the persecution with righteous thoughts. Please kindly point out anything inappropriate. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.